ever received one of those uh, text messages that says something very malicious, very, very hurtful, very angering, something that makes you want to put a hole in the wall or rip up your favorite teddy bear or just curl up on the couch and cry for a few hours? But, but right behind that text, like right after you get it, while you're still seeing the dots on the screen for them to finish what they say, you get an LOL or a JK, and you, you're thinking to yourself, seriously? See, my, my observation today is that we have a lot of leaders, and by leaders, I mean influencers, not necessarily managers. They may not be in charge of anything, but they influence people. And they seem to have this knack for and get a kick out of that malicious, hurtful, painful use of language. And then they just throw a JK behind it and expect Ali Ali oxen free, no consequences. If you're that kind of leader, I got something to say to you today. Subscribe now for our extensive video library of leadership lessons promoting faith, family, and freedom. I'm Jay Lauren Norris with Leading Leaders Podcast, and I'm really baffled by leaders who feel like they have the right, the privilege, to chastise someone, to publicly, publicly humiliate someone, to, as we might have said in the old days, dress them down in public, to say things that are mean, malicious, hurtful, destructive, reputation damaging, and then walk away as if nothing happened. We see it right now, not only in our media, but we see it in Hollywood. We see it in movies and films, uh, kind of depicted in a certain way, but we see it blatantly on various forms of social media, where someone will take to their Twitter wars, and whether it's thumbs or fingers, these keyboard warriors destroy the lives, the reputations, even the livelihoods of people all over the country. Now, right now, we have going on in America a trial, a trial which, if convicted of the crimes suspected, this individual could spend anywhere from three to five years in jail, convicted of all six felony accounts. Now, the six felony accounts are all related to one incident, so I, I don't want you to think this is a I don't want you to think it's a repeated behavior. What I mean by that is this isn't an ongoing multiplicity of of actions and reactions. This is one event, one major incident, but a lot goes into it. In fact, this one incident, there was a rehearsal first. There was preparation ahead of time. There was some planning and some scripting and some, some intentional diligence set behind the event before the event happened. There was money invested. In fact, one of the felony charges is the fact that there was a payment made in order for this to happen. Now, here's what happened. Maybe you have, maybe you haven't heard about this, but this goes back to the heart of leadership, and it goes back to the fact that leadership is influence, nothing more and nothing less. Meaning, if you have a platform, whether it's Keyboard Warrior, it's Twitter, it's Instagram, it's Facebook, it's whatever, it does not give you the Ali Ali oxen free to do whatever you want to. It's not a get-out-of-jail-free card to act like an idiot or to abuse someone else verbally or physically or to imply to them or cause to them harm. So here's what happens. A young man, I say young, he's younger than me, a Hollywood star, he's performing in movies and he's been on the set of several different movies and TV series, etc., etc., and He's making really good money doing that. He's also a musician. 
But whether it's to gain a little bit of fame or to defame someone else, and that is where I draw the line to say, I'm not sure if this was an attention stunt or a malicious damaging destruction stunt. But the difference between the two may be lost in the fuzzy lines of we don't know. Here's the reality though. This individual set up a scene like right out of a scripted movie where a certain set of things would happen and some certain actors would step in and they would do some very specific things and say some very specific words. And between the actions and the words, there was a national, perhaps even international, uproar against a president and those who support what he stands for. Now, all of this was literally fabricated and made up. None of the events or the incidences that happened in this scenario were real. It was all fake. The script was faked. The actors were faked. The legal aspect of it, faked. Money was paid to the characters involved in it, just like a movie script. The news media picked up and ran this story like it was a real incident. Can you imagine if the news media ran a story of a scene out of a movie? How bizarre would that be? Now, we are getting to a place today where it's really hard to tell what's news media for the sake of entertainment and what's news media for the purpose of informing us because the lines are getting very blurred. But this particular case with Jesse Smollett was scripted, intentional, misleading, misaligning, and maleficent. It intended to cause friction. It intended to create a faction in people who would say, I don't believe an individual should be treated that way. Most people don't believe an individual should be treated the way that Jesse Smollett told the world he'd been treated. Very few people, if you ask them, would say, oh, I agree. He got exactly what he deserved. And see, that's the problem. What he claimed happened never really happened. The people who he claimed assaulted him, he paid them to assault him. Now, the jury's still out on this because they're just now starting the jury trial, but this is the information that's being released now. I'm not trying to try the case. Here's what I'm trying to bring to your attention as leaders. You may get away with it right now, creating a little friction in the office, having a little bit of drama, pitting one team against another for the sake of competition. You may get away with, as a leader, speaking badly about previous customers or about previous employees or even about your competitors. You might get away with it for now. And as a leader, you might have more leverage, if you will, to get away with it. You might also find that because of your level of leadership, your amount of influence, that people take you at your word with no further investigation. They simply believe because you said it, it must be true. I mean, if you can make the rounds on all the television shows, if you can make the rounds on all the talking head shows, if, if you can get in front of the cameras enough, people have to believe you, right? I mean, this camera makes it true, does it not? No, it doesn't. In fact, one of the biggest challenges we have today is that it's really hard to tell the difference between an accredited journalist and someone who just happens to own a camera. It's really hard to tell between those who have the integrity 
to tell a story whether the outcome of that story supports their ideology or they just have the audacity to pick up a camera and tell a story that creates a narrative they want to support. If you're a leader and you feel like you have the right to manipulate the facts, to control the narrative, to create the narrative, to do harm to those who would be your opponents, your competitors, your antithesis, then you misunderstand the purpose of leadership. Oh, leadership, it's influence, nothing more and nothing less. John Maxwell has been saying it for decades, and I fully believe it. And we can see it. Because whether you would say to yourself that 20-year-old with the TikTok page is a leader in your life, if they have your attention for the 90 seconds that they're on TikTok, they're influencing you. And they're leading you. Leading your behavior, leading the words that come out of your mouth, leading the things that are going into your head. Oh, they're leading you. Sometimes, like a ring in your nose, they're leading you. And they may be half your age or twice your age. doesn't matter. If they've got your attention, they've got influence. And if they've got influence over you, they have the ability to lead you. Sometimes that's good. Sometimes that's bad. And sometimes it has a maleficent intent. Sometimes it has a narrative that needs to be promoted or desires to be promoted. But it's dangerous. And it's not worthy of being followed. It doesn't mean it isn't. It just means it shouldn't be. Now, here's where my real challenge comes in, especially for leaders, for those who do have influence, for those who, for now, are getting away from it, getting away with it. How do we hold accountable those leaders who feel like they can say anything they want to as long as they stamp the JK on the back of it or the LOL on the back of it? I mean, how often would you get away with it? I, there's a good example, and, and I laugh at these because they're well-crafted, but there's a, a gentleman and his, I guess, wife, who on a regular basis, he will say mean, malicious, hurtful things to her for the sake of a video. And the course of his videos, many of them have 800,000 views or more. The course of his video is usually a deriding, hurtful insult to his wife. She makes a comment. He replies to it. He turns the camera around, and as he walks away, you can see her respond to his comment, often by throwing something in the back of his head. And you hear the little rift from the song, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, as if he's some brave hero because he's insulted someone and gotten away with it. I want you to understand, you may not see those consequences now. Oh, he's influencing people. He's leading people. There are people, I promise you, who are trying to imitate that video. They want that 12,000 plus followers. They want that 800,000 views on their TikTok page, on their Instagram channel, on their YouTube channel. Everybody's fighting for attention. I heard someone say just the other day, attention is the most scarce commodity available today. Let that settle in for a minute. Attention is the most scarce commodity available today. What does that mean? Well, if you're talking about golds or diamonds or any other rare, valuable substance, the more scarce it gets, the more it's going to cost you. Now go out there if you want to and insult your loved ones, insult your friends, make a prank out of it, make a gag out of it. I've seen 
videos of people damaging and destroying extremely valuable private property that belongs to someone else for the sake of the followers and the impressions that they're going to get on video. At that moment, that Lamborghini with a busted windshield is of less value than the commodity of attention. You follow me? You may think that you can get away with behaving that way, that you can get away with damaging private property, destroying people's emotions, destroying people's lives. You may think you're getting away with it, but let me tell you something. There's a price to be paid for it. Maybe the courts won't catch you this time. Maybe no one's going to nail you on it and fire you from your job like Chris Cuomo. Maybe nobody's going to call you out on it and put you in front of the world on trial like Jesse Smollett and say what you did well, it was a felony. What you did was wrong. It was hurtful. It cost people time and money. There were a lot of resources spent by the city of Chicago to figure out how this hate crime happened. There was a lot of money spent in the media covering this event. There was a lot of attention diverted and energy diverted from things that we could have spent better time and money working on, fixing. What a train wreck. What a disaster. But if you think you're getting away with it right now because nobody called you on it, because the people around you, they just cower with their tails between their legs when you make these hurtful comments. And your JK kind of smooths over the relationship so you can do it again later. My friend, you're a narcissist. You're destructive. And you need to stop. And it will catch up with you. Because every seed you sow, it grows the same thing. This seed of bitterness that's caused for the sake of intention, for manipulation, to get the upper hand, to gain the extra ground, to be in the high spot because you've torn somebody else down emotionally or physically or reputationally. Every time you do that, you're building something. It's probably a garbage heap. But you're also planting seeds. And I don't care how well you love your garden. If you fill it full of seeds for cactuses, you're not going to be harvesting cherries. You're going to be getting the thorns. You're not going to get roses. You're going to get cactuses. And if that's the kind of seed you're sowing, if the words coming out of your mouth, the actions of your life are destroying and harming other people, you are not building anything anybody wants to live with, including you. What you're building is a path of destruction. And you're going to end up turning around and walking back through that path of destruction yourself. You may not be held accountable right now, but you will be. You may not see the price that you're going to have to pay right now, but you will. Maybe it'll be your children. Maybe it'll be the way they treat you when you're older. Maybe it'll be the lack of respect and dishonor that you receive from your employees and your competitors and your reputation. Anybody read Yelp lately? Yeah, those people who go out there and maliciously destroy and malign other people, there's always a payback for that. It's coming. And let me also remind you this as I close. Those of you who have great deals of influence, remember the old phrase, the bigger they are, the harder they fall. The bigger your level of celebrity when you mess up and you get caught, the harder you're going to fall. I, Jeffrey Tubin ring a bell. Chris Cuomo ring a bell. Andrew Cuomo, Jeffrey Epstein. These are all people who took advantage of the power and influence and authority they had in somebody else's life to destroy somebody else's life. And for the most part, they're confident they got away with it. But the bell is beginning to toll for some of those people. And the price they're going to pay on the backside may be a whole lot larger. Matt Lauer, 
$20 million salary because his behavior said, I can get away with anything. Just watch me. Yeah, he didn't. And he won't. You may not face jail time, but it could cost you big. If you're a leader and you have influence in people's life, use that influence for positivity. You don't need to malign and destroy people. If you can't build yourself up enough without tearing other people down, you need to start over on building yourself up. You need to work on you. I'm Jay Lauren Norris with Leading Leaders Podcast for Tell It Like It Is TV. Have a blessed day. Subscribe now for our extensive video library of leadership lessons promoting faith, family, and freedom. Have you ever been in that place where the individual wants to get off of the trouble that they should be in because, well, you know, so-and-so told me to do it. I know as a kid, I used to all the time just say, well, it wasn't my fault. So-and-so told me to do it. You know, the old dare, I double dog dare you. Of course, nobody cares who double dog dared you when the shingles from the roof are all laying in the street. Thank you, Tommy Wilson. And when you're a leader, no one cares who told you to do it because what you did was wrong in the end anyway. That's what I want to talk about in this session of Leading Leaders. Subscribe now for our extensive video library of leadership lessons promoting faith, family, and freedom. I'm Jay Lauren Norris with Leading Leaders Podcast. And maybe you've never been in that position as a leader or as someone who has to hold others accountable, but it will be inevitable if you're a parent, if you're a school teacher, if you're a mentor, if you're a a scout troop leader that you're going to have at some point in your life, this undying loyalty to say, well, it's not my fault. I, I didn't come up with the idea. I just acted on it. But as we've seen through the Nuremberg trials and other events such as that, incidences all over the world, ignorance of the law is no excuse for breaking the law and submitting to an unlawful authority isn't either. See, one of the challenges that we had in, when I was in the military was that we had what was called a lawful order. That lawful order started at the very top. It may come from the president or someone between me and the president. And as a lowly airman basic, my job was to follow orders. My job as a military member was to do whatever I'm told. Anybody who had more stripes, more rank on their shoulder, more experience, more veteran status than myself could give me a command. And I had to obey it because that's what the Uniform Code of Military Justice says. And you can be prosecuted for not following the orders that you're given. In fact, there's a, a modicum of that in our civil society that if a law enforcement representative of any form of law enforcement, whether it's the FBI, the CIA, Homeland Security, Border Patrol, uh, the Customs agents, the TSA agents, the flight attendant on an aircraft, your local city cop or sheriff, 
any representative of law enforcement holds authority over you as an average citizen to the extent that what they tell you to do, ask you to do, or command you to do is lawful. Now that is an enormous key. If what they tell you to do is not lawful, disobeying it is not disobeying a lawful order. And one of the challenges we have, especially in America today, is that we have so few people who know the law, who understand what their obligations are as a citizen, who understand what their obligations are as a participant in society. If you hear someone yell, stop, it used to be in the old cartoons, they'd say stop in the name of the law. If they say federal agent, stop, or police officer, stop, or Fort Worth PD or Sheriff's Department, stop, stop is your lawful order. That's what you should be doing. You should stop right where you're at and not run any further because, well, you've been given a lawful order. But if they tell you then to commit a crime, nope, they're way beyond their means at that point. They cannot compel you to commit a crime. Here's a strange crime for you. This is really weird. And it's, it's actually instructed to do on a regular basis by law enforcement people. And they don't have any legal right to do it. And that is to begin to force you to forego your Fifth Amendment right to remain silent. The right to remain silent is your right as an American citizen. You do not have to answer questions. Now, there is a place where you can just have a conversation with someone, and that normal, pleasant conversation uh, doesn't seem to you like an interrogation, but trust me, it is. Because from the time that they Mirandize you until you're in the penitentiary, everything you say can and will be used against you in a court of law. It can and it will. So what is a lawful order when it comes to your speech rights? Well, the lawful order is that you have the right to remain silent. Until you speak to an attorney, you have to say nothing. You're obligated to say nothing. Give them your name, give them your contact information, and stop talking. That's a lawful order. Anything beyond that is an unlawful order. Anything they demand of you is an unlawful order. Now, understand that they could later come back and crochet in something like uh, impeding an investigation. Oh, they're going to try to prosecute you with that. Or obstruction of justice. If the information they're trying to get from you is to help them solve a crime involving someone else. If you don't participate in helping them solve that crime and you know that the information you hold would give them the information they need, well, then you could be held accountable for that. I'm not an attorney. I don't play one on television. These are the basic rights that every citizen should know. You shouldn't run your mouth and blab at everything that you think you know or conjecture anytime you're asked by law enforcement. You need to know when to shut up. It was a great song by Bill Ingvall called I Shoulda Shut Up. That should be stuck on the inside windshield of every driver in the world. But in the United States, you have the right to remain silent. It's called the Fifth Amendment. And no one has the right to compel you to speak anything. Because if you read the Fifth Amendment, it says you have the right to remain silent on the grounds that what you say might be used to incriminate you. Meaning to make you into a criminal, even if you haven't created a crime. Or to make you guilty of something you didn't realize you were guilty of. 
you have the right to remain silent, and it's a really good idea until you've spoken to an attorney about what you're obligated to say and what you do not have to say. Trust me, there are plenty of interrogation methods that are very, very good at persuading you to say what you did not intend to say and also to read into the things that you never said but implied. And they will hold you accountable even for those things. My challenge to you as a leader then is to ask yourself this question. What if I lead people who also have a tendency to talk way beyond what they already have done, revealed or exposed, or to talk beyond what they know? Am I as a leader obligated to hold them accountable for what they've said and done? Well, if it's criminal, absolutely. If it's damaging to your business, you probably should. But also remember that in this day and age when words mean one thing on Tuesday and something entirely different by Thursday, even the words that you tweeted 10 years ago may show up in your personnel file. And you had the right to remain silent, you probably should have taken it 10 years ago. Because the meaning of words 10 years ago and the meaning of words today, they are not the same. If you're a leader who finds himself having a communication problem with employees and employers today because the change of the meaning of words, well, welcome to the club. It's called humanity today and everybody is struggling with it. But I do find this to be true. If you understand that your authority as a leader comes from the character that you exhibit, it's built on the respect that people have for you because of the character that you exhibit. If you are integrous and you maintain that, being a good person will nine times out of 10 overcome a slip of words. Now, if you're a jerk and your words reveal you're a jerk, you're gonna get caught for being a jerk. If you're a nice person, you're a good person from the depths of the heart, from the depths of the heart, a person speaks. A good person, is going to speak a good word. Now what problem do you have with authority? Probably not much at all. So what is the relationship between leadership and authority? Well, it's a really powerful relationship, but it also goes directly to that law and order thing. If you're a good person, the odds that you're going to run afoul of the law are very slim. The odds that you're going to run afoul of an HR policy, an internal document, an executive order, if you're a good person doing the right thing for the majority of people, then the odds are those are never going to be your issues. But if you do find yourself crossways with the HR person, with an, in a superior in your office, and by that I mean by rank, they've got more authority over you than, than you have over yourself sometimes, uh, then being a good person will be a good start for you. But remember, in this country, you still have the right to remain silent. And that might be the best leadership skill for you to master. I'm Jay Lauren Norris with Leading Leaders Podcast for Tell It Like It Is TV. Have a blessed day. Subscribe now for our extensive video library of leadership lessons promoting faith, family, and freedom.